Well, what are you excited about this year? Um, Seems like your project's got a pretty long road ahead, so... <laughs> it, it it does. And the thing that I'm kind of excited about that I've slowly been enacting over the course of what, you know, the first few first week and some odd of the new year is I, I think my new year's resolution, if you want to call it resolution, actually, we call it goals, mm-hmm. is to improve my communication, organization, and like just the uh, the, the clarity between what the design teams are working on, what the owner is is requesting. I mean, you know, I do a really a reasonably decent job of it, but I, I sat back and kind of assessed what I was I felt like was my failures of the year. You know, what were the successes of the year and what were the failures of the year? Mm. And especially with this interesting challenge of, you know, working from home and things like that. Um and you know, who knows whether or not we're going to continue to work from home on a greater extent, at least into like mid of middle of this year and even on and beyond. I mean, you and I've talked about, well, this is a game changer where it could, you know, basically make you an, a mobile architect. Yeah. But with that, there is so much more pressure on the organization of a project of communication sure, of, sure. Yeah. of all of these things. And, and I wasn't quite sure that I was prepared for that. I mean, I tried my best and did my best and, but I, but I think that I wasn't as prepared as I could have been. And I, you know, started to just kind of like sit down and, you know, look at, okay, well, what can I do differently? You know I mean? When you have like stacked up emails and things like that, prioritize what you need to, you know, there are certain people within the organization that you look at their emails and these are the important emails that you need to have the conversation on. And then there's certain people within like the project that, you know, oh, I can, instead of like, you know, sitting there and trying to like shuffle through their emails and stuff, I can, you know, instant messaging to them and have a a quicker conversation with them. But it also makes them understand that I'm actually paying attention to them and and understand that they've got a question and a need. And so, you know, it, it does a lot, a variety of different things for me. And so I've been just looking at how do I improve that both in the just in the interim of like, you know, wrapping up this project and making sure that, you know, when we get to the finish line of at least the documentation side, that everything has been communicated and clear as possible. There's a variety of different digital tools and, you know, whether it's through like just documentation and and tracking and all of this other stuff of of information, but also just pinging people and saying, you know, hey, how are things going? You know, what's going on? Because if we do go into a, like, I don't have to be in the office every single day. I may might save, stay three days at home and, and work from home. And then two days I'm in the office. And maybe one of those days is out on site you know, at meetings with clients and things like that. And other times it's me just, you know, having team meetings or things like that. Those are, you know, those are kind of like a, a, dream, a pipe dream of mine mm. that I don't have to commute so much because right, right, right. Y- y- you know, I have a, a pretty big commute. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and honestly, like, do why do you need to go into the office to have a meeting anymore? You just, Exa- w- with your team, exactly. you, you don't, right? So exactly. that you get that time back automatically. And it should be assumed that that's just the new way of doing things. I, I honestly feel like, you know, this was a, a good time to kind of reflect on the past year and what was accomplished. And I, I kind of made a big list of the stuff that we were able to accomplish. And it, even in the midst of all of the craziness that we went through, we accomplished so much. And now I'm looking at kind of the the things that are on the list of high-ish priorities, and there are a lot of things on that list. And so when when you're talking about, you know, trying to find ways to to be more organized, be more, you know, I think the, the word that keeps bubbling to the top of my mind is how can I be more potent with my yeah. time 
Yeah. Because yeah. because it I don't think the answer is to because you may have like a renewed energy right now. I think some people do, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't, right? But that renewed energy can be used in a positive way, which is just basically attack the problem all the time, right? You can be always on. Right. You can be right. always available. And I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer yeah. is developing a framework that has some pretty strict boundaries so that you can be the most potent you can be during the times when when you've laid out that those things are what you're going to do. Because otherwise, you can you you know what that's like, right? It just drains right. you over time oh, to yeah. be always on and to be always available, and no no thing is too small, and and everything can be added on with, at a, at a moment's notice because it's all important and urgent, right, for somebody else. So, right. Um, right. I think really like coming up with some good ground rules for yourself, and then like come always reinforcing those. Here's when I'm on, here's when I can do this kind of task. Like that's one thing that task manager apps are actually pretty good at is in allowing you beyond like just the basic ones, which are just like to-do lists, right? There's, there's the ones that actually allow you to apply a context to something. And so you can kind of categorize things in the different ways you work. So you could have like an email context, you could have a phone context, you could have an office context, you can have a whatever those things are that you want to you want to make and then when you're in that mode you can basically filter the list to only show you the things that need to be done while you're working like that right. which is a pretty good way to then be able to focus on and because then you can get into a flow of I'm working this way for this period of time and then I'm going to go reward myself with an, with a fresh cup of coffee or whatever that is right um because you, you can say like, okay, for the next 90 minutes, I'm going to just do email. And I do that twice a day. I don't do it all day. I don't do it all hours of the day. I just do it here and there for a solid block of time. And you can crank through stuff. Um, it just takes so much rigor to stay in those lanes for yourself over time and also get other people to understand why you're doing that and to respect those boundaries. Right. Because every yes. like yeah. your email inbox is somebody else's to do list for you. I've said this many times. Right. And so yep. how do you get people to not expect you to respond in five minutes? How do you know, especially now when you've got email on, like you said, you've got three screens on your desk. Right. You've got mm-hmm. email open. You've got Zoom open. You've got Teams open. Like you've got whatever all these different communication platforms are that we're using. Maybe you've also got Slack running and you've got Google chat and you've got because everybody uses something different. Right. right. And so it's a constant stream of distraction. So how do you like set up boundaries for yourself so that you can be more potent and not kill yourself by working all the time? Because if we've seen anything is that the lines are severely blurred right now between right. work exactly. and not work. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I that I did over the break was I put I edited this video that was recorded from a AIA Palm Beach presentation that I did in November, they provided me with the the recording of it, and then I did like a new intro and a and an ending for it. And one of the things that really stands out during that presentation because it was about it was called like disruptive technologies in architecture, but it's more like emerging technologies in, in architecture. You don't really know if anything's going to be disruptive. I think a lot of people like that word because it's dramatic. But and I mm. didn't title it; it was titled for me. But it was it's one of those things where there's you always have to bring it back to 
exactly what I was just talking about, which is architects hate two things, the way things are and change. Right. right. And and that is probably the most important concept and slide that I have in that whole presentation, which is it is really difficult to get everybody going in the same direction or respecting the boundaries that you've set up um, because they want to do it their way and they're used to working a certain way. And that is, in their mind, the most efficient way for them. And so you must bend to their way of doing things. And I think that that whole like culture mindset shift or whatever you want to call it is, is actually the hard part about any of this stuff. Um, and I run up against that all the time, trying to introduce better ways of working smarter. It's like, yeah, but I already know how to do this thing and I'm fast at it. Right. Right. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't serve this greater purpose later. That isn't the immediate gratification of the way that you're doing it right now. We have to step back. And we have to get out of our zone and we have to think bigger about like the fundamental changes that have been made within our profession. I came relating that back to what you're talking about. We're talking about work from home as a fundamental shift in the way that we work in this profession, right? Right. How do we assign lanes to that? What is a bigger picture way to work? How should we collaborate while working over the wires, you know, and in isolated conditions? How do we engage with clients? How do we communicate our ideas in better ways than this 15-inch screen sitting in front of me? Right, right. I'm going to share my screen now, and then you fumble for two minutes while you're trying to get it to work. Can everybody see my screen now? Like, how much discontinuity in the presentation does that create? Like, there's, we're kind of accepting this stuff, I think, just as the Band-Aid that it seemed to be. And now it's like, wow, this really isn't a Band-Aid. This is like a prosthetic, right? (laughs) This is a prosthesis. It's, it's here to stay. Like this thing has been bolted on. It's now fundamentally different way that we work and it's not going to change because even when regulations change, not everybody's going to be able to immediately work with those new regulations. Right. 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 So this is here for a long time, man. Like, like I think we all need to take a step back and level up and redefine these these lanes that we're talking about you know and i in and this is when i usually make my spiel about like you know some of the political advantages of things like or like the business advantages of some of the politics things that we talk about like you know universal health care and things like that and 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 i don't want to take it off on a weird little tangent but this weird little tangent that i was thinking of is that you know some of the time you know sometimes when i think of like universal health care it seems like it's more of a no-brainer because what it does is that, that then if we are paying a little bit extra in taxes to for the government to basically help provide the health care then what that does for businesses is that it kind of frees up the opportunity for them to take that money that they would otherwise you know be paying out and also the uh, employee the employee can get you know better higher wages, then you can also invest in the advancement of your whatever profession you're in, whether it's, you know, architecture, whatever else. And so, you know, I look at this. So I say that in kind of the same vein as like, you know, this work from home, there are advantages to larger firms basically being able to reduce their overall overhead. So then at one, you know, you can invest in better equipment, um, things that, you know, can help you be more productive, raising wages so that, you know, you actually are getting like pull from the higher talent pool and things like that. And so, you know, there's these there's these different opportunities that people, they draw a line in the sand and say, that's too much change. I don't want to deal with that change. But then they don't look at the advantages of what that change can provide Yeah, is, you know, to improve my company, to, to streamline it. 
So now I'm not, you know, carrying the overhead of a this big, massive lease of this big, massive office. Maybe I'm going to downsize and I'm going to have, I don't know, I've got 120 people in my office, but, you know, only 20 people, 30 people need to be there. So I've got little ho- hoteling stations as well as a handful of meeting rooms. So you know, maybe, you know, Evan, you and I don't really need to physically be in the office for clicking away at the computer, but we do need to have a place to, you know, come in and sit down and have a meeting with, you know, our clients and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we don't need a 50,000 square foot office. We just need a, you know, a couple of conference rooms where people can meet up and all this other things. And it's just, it makes more sense to like be able to, exactly, exactly. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for that I couldn't find. (laughs) But I mean, those are the things that, you know, we're not, we're, we think that so we can talk about disruption or whatever, you know, it's, it's the status quo can be changed where it actually improves the viability of our business so that when we do come into situations like this where there is an economic slowdown, it's like, oh, well, I'm not paying for this 500,000 square foot office. Now I'm only paying for 50,000. And we can last a little bit longer. Yep, for sure. I I think it's it's like, I, I don't know the right analogy, but I keep thinking of it like, it's like you're in a boat cruising across the water and you're like, huh, why are we only going 13 knots, right? And it's like, well, it's because there's this giant squid that's attached to the bottom of the boat causing all this drag that we didn't realize was there. And that's, to me, like this cruft that's just building yeah. up yeah. over time. And and it builds up so slowly and kind of increases over time. It gets bigger and bigger, and you don't really realize that that stuff is there. And then you also don't really realize how much it's holding you back because of that unwillingness to change and right. and adopt right. these kind of newer better ways of working or or just like kind of having that that understanding that this is going to be how things are and we should adapt to this rather than fight it fight against right. it right right um how do we yeah how do we remove that cruft from the bottom of the boat and and decrease our drag so that we can go faster or so that we can be more agile so that we can turn the boat faster like maybe this is a better analogy than i thought but it it, it just seems to me like <laughs> Like we, there has to be people in the organization, no matter how big or small that is, that take that step back and look at it like that, and then have the influence to make those changes. And so I think I'm pretty bullish on this year. I think I think there's going to be some some big big opportunities for for firms, but I think overall for the profession to make some decent changes that really help everybody move forward together. So I, I'm excited that. You know, these opportunities, they're there. People just have yeah. to want to take them on. Um, but I, I feel like there's there seems to be, it's like there's that meme that went around early on during <laughs> during COVID stuff. And it was like, what forced your firm to to um, move forward with technology, right? And it, and it was like A, B, or C. A was the CEO. B was the CTO, right? Chief Technology Officer. And C right. was COVID-19 <laughs> and COVID-19 was circled, right? It was like it, this new, this event forced everybody to adopt a different way of working faster than anybody thought was possible. Right. And so now that it's been here for, you know, what are we at month nine, right? Month 10. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hey guys, not, not, it's not going anywhere. Let, let's let's adapt let's adjust and let's move forward with a new 
mindset. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. It would. But don't bump. <laughs>